It's always a special day when Brother Charles Simpson comes to Abundant Life Church. And I was, as I was thinking about introducing him, and for most of us, he needs none. Um, often, rightfully so, we we go back to all that he's done, all he's done through the years, a leader in the body of Christ. I remember as a teenager, somebody telling me, Charles Simpson's one of those leaders of the of the charismatic movement in the body of Christ. And I said, hey, I, I like that. So then a few years later, got the opportunity and the pleasure of meeting the man. And uh, uh, just uh, editor, or not editor, but part of the New Wine Magazine group, uh, Integrity Music came out of Brother Charles's ministry, and just on and on and on. But I got to thinking about, uh, it's, that's, a, that's great. I mean, if my math is right, Brother Charles, you've been in the ministry 67 years. Yeah, something like that. Well, the reason it's easy for me to remember is that he was licensed to preach the year I was born. I didn't want to make him feel old or anything, but he was only 10 when he, you know, when he, but, um, but he's still, uh, this past two months ago, he turned 85 years old and he still hadn't slowed down. He drove here, and quite often I hear from him, and he said, well, I went to Jacksonville, and I went to Raleigh, North Carolina, and I went to Virginia, and he's, he's made this circle driving all over the country. And one of the reasons for that, one of the main reasons for that is that he spends most of his time these days pastoring pastors and leaders, counseling, consulting those leaders, and uh, what a what a gift to the body of Christ, and what a gift to all sorts of people that Brother Charles is um, to us. And, and I, was, I was looking at his Bible there. Those of you who have a Spirit-filled life Bible, and I recommend the Bible if you don't have one. Um, he, Brother Charles is one of the contributors to that Bible. And uh, as, as a matter of fact, for those of you who were at the conference, Brother Joseph Garlington is also a contributor to the Spirit-filled life Bible. And, and someone else that we're all real dear to and has now got his promotion is Brother James Ryle, was also one of the contributors. So anyway, we're not promoting the Bible. I'm just telling you that the man who's going to stand before us today has been involved with this congregation for at least 25 years that I know of, maybe more. And while he would never let us, and I would never attempt to call him Apostle Charles Simpson, you see, he giggles. His ministry to Abundant Life Church is apostolic. So let's welcome the man of God who has the word of God today, Brother Charles Simpson. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Just remain standing for just a moment, if you don't mind. Thank you. Thank you. Just remain standing while we pray. We thank you, Father, for your great love and mercy and all that we have. We're grateful for more than we can say, but we thank you, Lord, that you knew us before we were born. You called us, chose us for your purposes, and here we are together today, chosen for a time like this for all of us. We do pray for guidance. We pray for help and strength. 
And we pray, Lord, that you would help us as we try to be an influence in this world that's, that's so dark. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to be light and um, help people to see something they need and are looking for, even when they don't believe what they hear anymore. Help us, Lord, to be. We thank you, we trust you, and we look forward to, as we move ahead, the manifestation of your, your light, your power, and what you plan to do. Help me today to articulate what really can't be fully spoken, but help it to come into our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. Well, I appreciate Brother Larry's generous remarks. I was wondering who he introduced there for a while. Um, I, my goodness, I grew up before self-esteem was invented, and my parents didn't know a thing about it either. And they they loved me, but they were not impressed. And um, so I appreciate the kind the kind remarks. I I appreciate Pastor Larry, and he's on our board, and we're very, very grateful for him and for his family and for the church. Uh, we uh, couldn't really do Gatlinburg conferences we do without your worship team and technical people, and they work hours and hours and hours to help us. And uh, thank you is hardly enough, but... We are deeply grateful. It's good to see Brother Buck here and Skaggs family and any other guests that are here today. I, 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 I'm just so blessed. I felt really good this morning until I looked in the mirror. You know, it gets away so fast. If you're here <laughs> in your past 50 or 60, you know what I'm talking about, that <laughs> it's I, I believe, though, that it's uh, just getting started. I maybe know there's more to come. We haven't seen it all. We haven't done it all. And as long as we're here, there's more. Now, I want you to turn with me to Matthew, the 13th chapter. And uh, Brother Larry said, as I was getting up, take all the time I needed, which is a very dangerous thing to say. It's very encouraging, but um, it's dangerous to tell any preacher that. But an old preacher, that's really dangerous because uh, there's always more you can say. But um, I love Matthew 13. It's a, it's a chapter of parables. And parables are natural stories about spiritual truth. Now, I look at a parable like the veil in the temple. It has to be rent for you to see what's on the other side. And I'm praying the Lord will rend the veil for us here this morning as we look at a parable. But there's a veil in every parable, and a lot of people got the story but never saw the truth. In fact, in the Old Covenant, 
the Pharisees had much of it memorized and missed the message. How many of you know you can memorize the verse and miss the message? A lot of verses I memorized in vacation Bible school. I was a preacher's kid. I grew up in church. And, uh, you know, we got stars for remembering verses and all of that motivation. And you memorize a verse, and then one day you think, oh, wow, I didn't know it meant that. Then a few years later, you read it again and said, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know that was in there. And uh, there is in every verse more than we know because it's God-breathed. And we just, we, well, when I think about the mind of God and I, and I start to pray every night, I think about the mind of God and who I'm about to talk to. And the galaxies, you know, maybe 150 billion galaxies with Stars so big you could put a hundred of our suns into it. And you can put a hundred, a million of our earths into our sun. And, you know, who am I talking to? And in philosophy, we used to talk about what was on the other side of the other side. And I don't know what's on this side, let alone the other side. And who, the Bible says, who has known the mind of God? Be careful about being trite and thinking that we understand. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And we need to have a holy awe of the Lord, which we, we must be careful because religion can take that away. You get so familiar with the terminology and the things of God. I want to talk uh, about the coming clarity. And I want to read from... Matthew thirteen twenty four through 30 from the New King James uh, Version. Matthew thirteen twenty four. Another parable, notice there have been others before this one. He put forth to them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, that's a key phrase, his enemy came and sowed tares, or bad seed, among the wheat and went his way. He left, but the seed was there. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servants of the owner came to him and said, Sir... Did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares or bad seed? He said to them, An enemy has done this. The servant said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? In other words, do you want us to pull up the tares? He said, No. Lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares. That's called the rapture of the tares. And bear them and bind them in bundles to burn them 
but gather the wheat into my barn. There's a lot in there, and I won't try to extract it all, but I do want to, I want to note a few things. Uh, I don't expect to get a revelation very often in the Atlanta airport. Um, and I go through there, you know, when you go to heaven, you have to go through Atlanta. You know how that is. <laughs> I live in Mobile, so anywhere I want to go very far, I go, I go through Atlanta. And I was on uh, a moving sidewalk going between uh, concourses and <clears throat> terminals. And um, the lady's voice on the intercom said, You are on a moving sidewalk. Please face forward. Now, that's that's good advice. Um, I've never seen anybody go like that, but I'm sure some do. The, the, but I thought, that's the Lord. You're on a moving, how many of you know you're on a moving sidewalk? Please face forward. You're on a, let's say it together. You're on a moving sidewalk. Please face, how many of you know a lot of people trying to do it backwards? They're looking at where they've been. And if they're facing forward, probably they're looking around, but if they're facing forward, they're not looking very far. And they need spiritual eyes. So anyway, um, we're moving toward a destiny. How many of you believe God has a plan? Do you believe God has a plan? I do too. I don't believe life is uh, without meaning. That's nihilism. One of the books that impacted me greatly was called The Revolt of the Public by Martin Gurry. Martin Gurry was a Cuban who escaped the revolution in Cuba and came to work for the CIA for a while and began to study revolutions and going back to the French Revolution and concluded that revolutions occur when people have lost their trust. When they no longer trust anything, then they're dangerous because they've got nothing to lose and nothing to fear. And he worried about the United States. He's not for revolution, by the way. I don't even know if he's a Christian, but I know he has good insight. And he he talks about, well, the indicators, and there are a lot of them. How many of you know suicides are up among young people? That's a tragedy. I don't know of a greater tragedy and where there's not suicides. There's violence that takes lives, and, of course, up among adults, too. And I'm not here to focus on the darkness except to say there are, there are things that are telling us trust is lost. Why? How I many of you know people don't trust religion a whole lot? Don't trust pastors a whole lot. Why is this happening? Well, the reason that people are losing trust is because they misplace their trust. I mean, you know, there is a place you can put your trust where it won't fail. I love the song, All Other Ground is Sinking Sand. 
My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. Flesh and blood will fail. All of us have failed. Even though God has forgiven, our trust is not in humanity. Now, there are some people you trust more than others, but... If you're wise, your primary trust is in Jesus and then who he shows you to trust. <laughs> Am I all right here? Am I losing the anointing? How many, how many of you know that trust is getting, it's declining? And uh, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands. Um, uh, how many of you trust the government? Whoops. Uh, how many of you trust? Uh, I could go down the list. And things that we, we grew up trusting, but trust is declining. Well, what do we do? We need some understanding because the moving sidewalk is going into a strange place. Now, I, Larry told my age, I, I never do that, brother Larry. I, <laughs> I actually am grateful to God to be 85. Sometimes I feel like I'm 95. But anyway, uh, but I never lived in a time like this. I mean, this, now if you're fairly young, you may think this is normal. This is not normal. Um, <laughs> I hate to go back into my history. It's too much of it, but I, I, <laughs> My earliest members in the swamps of South Louisiana. My mother was a German Cajun, which is a bad cocktail. And um, she was one of the sweetest ladies you ever meet. But if she got mad, fire would shoot out of her eyes and burn you to a crisp. Now, the, a dog could throw a rock and hit an alligator, and I'm not kidding. My, anyway, my dad and my uncle pulled a, a, a 12-footer out of the place where we baptized. Now, this... You got to understand, this is not a normal world for me, and it isn't for you, I'm sure. Um, so, what do we do? How many of you know preparation is a good idea? Yeah, if there's going to be a storm, um, you prepare if you know it's coming. Now, I, I was privileged to work with... Uh, Derek Prince, Don Basham, Bob Mumford, Ern Baxter, some of the finest men in the world. I learned a lot. I was the youngest by far. Um, and and um, I knew there were evil spirits in the world. Um, I knew that. I was taught that. I read the Bible. But Brother Derek and Brother Don focused a lot on casting them out. And dealing with evil spirits is something you need to know how to do. I mean, even if you're not in the ministry, you need to know how to deal with the devil. And uh, besides cussing him, you know. And uh, so, <laughs> I, this is 1970 thereabouts. I invited Don Basham to come to our church, and I was going to be in New Zealand, which is a long way away, and that's a good place to be when your church is having a, a deliverance services. Anyway, and so um, I invited Don to come, not particularly for deliverance, but I kind of knew it would happen. And we had a good 
size church. There'd be four or five hundred people there. And, and, uh, and people came because they wanted to see what happened. And, uh, and so there were people there who didn't believe in deliverance, but they wanted to see what would happen. And, uh, <laughs> and Don is so low key. I mean, you never would expect anything out of him, flamboyant. I mean, he, he could go to sleep on his own preaching. He was just a real easy going kind of guy. And he's a great editor, great writer, wrote a lot of books. And I loved him. He was my pastor for a while. And I just loved him. And so, um, he's there. And I, so I prepared the elders. I said, now look, Don's going to speak and I, I can tell you there's going to be fireworks. And so you just need to be ready. And, uh, he's going to start talking about evil spirits and praying and some people going to manifest. And so we had a real altar, a literal altar. And I said, you know, it's going to fill up real quick. And I said, you need to be ready. And, uh, so they thought they were ready. And I went to New Zealand. And so, um, <laughs> so Don, you know, he's going, and I've seen this a lot of times. Don just laying it out real easy, you know, and people thinking, you know, what, 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 this guy, he's not, he's harmless, you know, he's just a nice guy. And he said, we're going to have a little prayer. And he said, you know, there may be some manifestation. He said, but, you know, so, and he gave him a few instructions and prayed, Lord, you know, and then, and then people started screaming now the, i mean one guy said i had to cast out a spirit and i don't even believe in it you know i mean a assembly of god pastor was sitting over there he didn't believe that a christian could have a spirit and uh and something right next to him was going anyway people came to the came to the altar and, and one of the elders brother joe he was uh <clears throat> a good man he was an accountant real Easy-going, stable sort of guy. He and his brother both were counts, both elders. And and so this guy comes, and so Joe is trying to do what he was taught to do. And he said, you spirit, what is your name? And the spirit said, lying. He said, you lying spirit, are you telling me the truth? Now, the thing is, the other brothers heard it. <laughs> and uh, he never lived it down. But... You know, never trust a lying spirit. Tell me, say it with me. Never trust. Let's say it again. Never trust. How many of you know we hear it every day? How do you know? Now, I'm not going to take the time I'd like to. The, the scripture says deception will increase. Second Timothy 3 says, deceivers will go about deceiving, and there will be more and more deception. That's why people lose trust. They believe stuff, and then they find out it wasn't true. Deceivers being deceived, deceivers deceiving each other. I... Uh, I mean, I just have to turn the TV off. I have to turn the radio off. I mean, I, I, I'll go along and I think that's pretty good. And then I'll say, I don't believe that. Um, and hype. I mean, some guy will start shouting at you. Do you have termites? Whoa. Turn that thing off. Sure, they're termites, but I don't know who to believe. 
Never trust a termite. No, you you get to where you don't believe anything, and that's dangerous. You start wondering, well, does life have a purpose? Do I have a purpose? We cannot calculate the cost of deception. The two ladies I know who don't know each other, but because I'm a pastor, I pastor in different guys, different areas, and both ladies are fine women. I've known their husbands for years. One of them's husbands with the Lord. They're great people, and both of them have mothers that were built out of thousands and thousands of dollars by somebody who wasn't who they said they were. Now, I don't know if you know anybody like that, but it happens all the time. I'm talking about their retirement money because they just believed it's just so wonderful. This particular lady, a good Christian lady, just wouldn't tell her family what was going on because she believed it. Now, I'm not putting her down. I'll bet you there are people that do a lot of stuff, folks, you know, that have been burnt. Maybe you have. Now, I'm not fussing at the person who's been burnt. What I'm trying to say is this is the reason people are losing hope is because it seems in our culture there's a lot of sinking sand. There's a lot of, I can't trust you anymore. I used to shop at that place, but I don't anymore. I used to bank at that bank, but I don't anymore. What do we do? Now, I want you to understand deception has spiritual roots. It's not flesh and blood. Now, the first response is, I hate that guy. I don't like what those people did. It becomes flesh and blood. I mean, if you know, it's not flesh and blood. It's got a spiritual root. That's why the Holy Spirit gives us the gift of the discerning of spirits, not the discerning of people. Are you there? The discerning of what? Spirits. Now, don't get spooky on me. I'm not saying you're going around looking to see if you'd see a demon everywhere, but I'm saying realize the root of deception is Lucifer. He's the deceiver. The scripture says in John 8 and in Revelation 12, he, he is the father of lies. It all started with him out of his pride. He tried to trick heaven itself. So understand he is an angel of light, but he produces darkness. He promises pleasure, but he produces pain. He promises more, but he gives you less. He promises gain, but he gives you loss. He promises heaven, but he gives you hell. We have to not just see the promise he gives, he makes. We have to deal 
with the spiritual forces. Now, it's a good reason for a person to want to know Jesus because the world we live in will be filled more and more with deception. Now, the fact you know Jesus doesn't mean you're not going to be deceived. You may go to heaven, but with a a few scars because you were tricked or deceived or lied to. A lot of people died because they were produced life, but they got, they were promised life, but they got death because they were tricked into something exciting. Yeah. Almost happened to me. And so, this story, the farmer sows good seed. And then while people were sleeping at night, while people, how many of you know a lot of people have been asleep? America's been asleep. A lot of parents have been asleep. A lot of them are still asleep. A lot of churches have been asleep. No matter how loud the preacher shouts, no matter how hard you work, it gets to be the same. It's hypnotic. That was a good sermon. I love the worship service. It makes no difference. While men slept, the enemy comes. He doesn't operate very well in the light, but he does real good in the dark. And sowed bad seed. And then he went his way. But the seed's still there. The seed's still there. The seed is always still there. The good seed and the bad seed. And so... They start to spring up. One day the seed starts coming up. You know, where did that come from? <clears throat> the seed of deception. Now, let me let me just say this: the 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 stewards and the the, the you know the farmer farm workers. You ever done any farm work? You know what I'm talking about. It's good. I used to uh, spend a lot of time gardening. I, my project when I was in my teens was uh, rooting azaleas and camellias. And um, I learned, you learn a lot by plants. Some plants are smarter than we are. <laughs> but you, if, you, if, if you have a plant, there are weeds that imitate the plant. I, I I would I would work in 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 our yard as long as I felt I could and 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 uh, and it, there's there's a weed there that looks like the plant right there, but it's not a plant that you like. It's a weed and it's going to choke the other one. And and sometimes I see a vine growing up in a healthy plant and growing around the limbs, 
And that vine's got thorns on it. It's got nothing to do with what you're looking for. And it's got roots. And if you don't get the root, it'll come back. And um, and so the, the, the steward said, uh, Master, do you want us to pull them up? Now, this is interesting to me. He said, no. I'd say, yeah, pull them up. <laughs> I've done a lot of weed pulling. Um, Help me, Lord. I I used to be in a society of weed pullers, and then I believed in it still. Oh, help me, Father. I hate it when the spirit of confession comes on me in in the pulpit. but, But I went through college with my hand in the air, challenging professors, and seminary got worse. And I was a fundy, fundamentalist. And um, I understand, appreciate people that love the truth, but I didn't just love the truth. I hated weeds. <laughs> I see that weed. <laughs> no, I didn't mean to point at you. No, I... <laughs> that was the fear of God, dear. No, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. People, shifty-eyed Christians. <laughs> you never know where you might find one of those weeds. You don't have to look hard. No, he said, no, because you'll, you'll, you'll pull up the good, good stuff, too. He said, wait. Now, this sounds a little strange. To me, sounds a little strange. Which means that the weeds are going to get nastier, but the good plants going to get fuller. The coming clarity. Now, here's here's another thing. Remember, life is not a photograph; it's a movie. And some people you think are weed may turn out to be fruit. And some people that look pretty good may never bear any fruit. So he didn't give us the ministry of weed pulling. Let's have the benediction. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if you know, there's a lot of Christian weed pullers. Don't raise your hand, but you know what I'm saying. Don't point at anybody either. Now, here's the thing. We, we can spot a fraud. Or sometimes we think we can. You have people in this church to speak that are former murderers. Jim Newsom. He would have surely been a weed, but now he's fruitful. You never know what God might do. And I don't mean you don't stand for truth. If you're a good seed, then your job is to produce. Grow up. Speaking the truth in love. That's what I started to speak on this morning, but I felt like this is what God wanted me to say. But be honest. But but love who you're being honest with. That's critical. Because love is the bridge over which truth travels. It doesn't travel over broken bridges. So we're dealing with the world. I'm not talking about the church. We're dealing with the world 
that's becoming increasingly culturally dark. And dark means danger because there's deception everywhere you walk if you're not careful. There's an attorney waiting for you to make a bad move. Thank God there's some good attorneys. But, you you know, I listen. <laughs> I, oh, my. I could get more blunt. Uh, the guy advertising, has your pastor molested you? I mean, you know, we live in an increasingly anti-religious culture. And religion does let people down sometimes. I'm trying to get as honest as I know how to. So we're moving into the darkness, but we are what? We're light. It didn't just say we talk light. We are light. Light is seen before it's heard. You, you, you can, you can strike a match and if it's dark enough, it can be seen a half a mile away. I got a little flashlight on my keychain. Somebody gave it to me. I just figure out how to turn it on. <laughs> there it is. On a dark night, you could see that a mile away. It's true. If it's dark enough. We're moving toward more darkness and brighter lights. Darker darkness, brighter light. Their fruit will reveal them. What? What we become. Now, if, because we're on a moving sidewalk, it's going to intensify. Evil will intensify. Righteousness will intensify. We need to prepare ourselves for the harvest. Both will be harvested. Evil will be harvested. Praise God. So will righteousness. And the Bible talks a lot about that. Let me just real quickly. Somebody said an awakening is when the preacher says now in conclusion. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, I want to I give some things that will strengthen us. And prepare us. If you would, you just remember Romans 5, 1 through 5. If you can remember, make a note. Romans 5, 1 through 5. Now, I'm not going to read it now. I'm just going to allude to it. But how can I be ready? Number one, put your trust in Jesus. I'm not talking about as a religious ritual. I'm not talking about to join the church. I'm talking about ask yourself, do I trust Jesus Christ in my life and with my future and with my family and with everything I've got? Trust. Faith. I would say trust Jesus or put your faith in Jesus, but I don't, I think that can get trite with us. 
Trust will tell you, let me put it another way. Peace will tell you if you have trust. You want to know how much trust you've got? How much peace do you have? You say, well, I, I, I believe in Jesus and I'm nervous as a wreck. You know, I, well, wait a minute. Trust brings peace. Say it with me. Trust brings peace. If you don't have peace, deal with it. Get down before God and say, Lord, I believe you exist, but I don't trust you. You're in bad shape if you don't trust anything. Then you don't trust Jesus either. Ask him. Oh, for grace to trust you more. All right. Faith in Jesus Christ. I, I, I want to read Malachi 3. That's another reference. Just I can't read it. Write it down. He says, those that feared the Lord spoke one to another. And they will be mine when I make up my jewels. What does it take to make a jewel? How can you turn coal into a diamond? Huh? Yeah. Heat and pressure. Heat. and uh, Can you handle the heat? How many of you know heat's coming? You know where the fastest growing church in the world is? Iran. And they can't do church like we do. There's a lot of heat and a lot of pressure. A lot of great stories, too. All right. Put your faith in Jesus. Ask him to give you peace. Peace is contagious. If you have peace, people will know you're different. How can you have peace when all this garbage is going on? How, how can you be so quiet in your spirit when, well, you know how it is. People killing each other, breaking the law. You can't trust anybody. How come you, you have so much peace? You crazy? No, I, I trust something that will not fail. Oh. Peace, peace, wonderful peace. Coming down from the Father above. My friend John Duke's with the Lord, but we used to sit by the piano and sing that song. Sweep over my spirit. Forever I pray in fathomless billows of love. Peace that passes understanding will keep your heart. Trust, peace, grace. If you're full of grace, some of it's going to spill out. I mean, the Lord be gracious, gracious unto you and lift his countenance upon you. If you're, if you're full of grace, how are you going to relate to people? It's not just for us, it's through us. Faith, peace, Grace, the grace of God. Anybody here receive any grace from God? Who? My goodness. Amazing grace. Most famous song.
faith, peace, grace, joy. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross. With joy, you can endure anything. Joy. People don't go to church to get joy. They go to the bar to get joy. I wish they'd come to church to get it. I wish there was more in the church. Then my mouth was filled with laughter, my tongues with joyful shouting. Then they said among the nations, the Lord's done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. And we're glad. Laughter is a medicine. Anybody need healing? Laughter helps. Laughter. Wow. I love to laugh. Don did a podcast yesterday with uh, Pastor James over there, and we laughed for an hour. I felt better this morning. It's great. Laughing. It's, it's, it's hard to laugh in this world. Go find a joke book. Whatever you got to do, but do some laughing. Look at something funny. I, you said, well, you don't know how bad it is. Well, that's why you need to laugh. <clears throat> you need the joy of the Lord. It's your strength. That verse came in Nehemiah when they were having a rough time. The joy of the Lord. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> I should have left this out. It's time to close this. Tribulation. Tribulation is important to build character. Tribulation works patience. All right. Faith. Peace. Grace. Joy. Tribulation. That's why you need joy. Tribulation works patience. Anybody here? I, I'll never preach on patience again. I have done that. I found that everything I preach on, I get tested. I don't, I said, and the Lord said, remember what you said, Charles? I'm sitting at a red light. You know, the thing is, I don't have any patience. I, I need, I need God to help me. Tribulation works patience. Well, I'll just, I want the gift of patience. I haven't found that one. Anybody here need patience? Now, we're talking about how to be ready for tomorrow. The sidewalk is moving. Wait till the harvest. Wait till the harvest. Say it with me. Wait till the harvest. Say it again. Wait till the harvest. That might not be in my lifetime. I don't know if the rapture is going to happen before I pass on. Wait till the harvest. That is, trust God. He's working his plan. You do what he tells you to do. Don't try to fix the world by yourself or don't become a full-time weed puller. Water the harvest. We all need encouragement. 
Every person I know needs encouragement so we can bear fruit. Well, I'll have to quit. We can do all this, the Scripture says, because the love of God dwells in our heart. I'll give you this clue. The At the end of the day, the two things that are going to separate us is love and hate. The seed, Jesus, the Bible says God is love. It doesn't say he has love. It says he is love. And hatred, we know the enemy hates. She said, how can I know? How can I discern? Well, is the intent of the heart love and help or is it destruction? I think it will come down to that. The further we get apart, Guru said, the further we get apart, the louder we have to shout to be heard. I don't have to shout. I have to be a light in the darkness. I have to hear that still, small voice before I turn loose mine. I got one. Oh, my best gift and worst enemy is my voice. I learned how to win speaking contests before I learned how to serve God. I did. I got on a dare, and I won a lot of contests because a guy dared me to do it. But I lost finally. I would have been in a national contest, but I corrected a judge in front of a thousand people. Now, I just gave you a little clue. <laughs> I could make up bad words. I was a preacher's kid, so I had extra tools. The uh, My voice was my gift and my worst enemy. It could be true of all of us. We have a voice. We've got to hear from God as we go forward. You don't want people to say, I don't trust you anymore. I don't like you anymore. Because the harvest is coming. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. The soldier at the foot of the cross said, this was the Son of God. He wasn't convinced by the argument. He wasn't convinced. But when he heard Jesus manifest the grace of God, the love of God, he said, that's real. And he was a hardened Roman soldier. Might have been one of those that beat him. I don't know. But he said, that's real. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. For Jesus, I thank you, Father, that he made you real to us. Help us to be real. 
Help us to be like you in the dark and be bright lights that the world can see. And those that are looking for a path can see the light. That we can be a city set on a hill. Lord, fill us with your grace. Because the last days will be like the first. The seed will bring forth seed. Help us to see where we're going. To be ready. And to be lights in the darkness. In the name of Jesus. Would you just stand with me for a moment? If you, if, 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 let's just bow our heads before the Lord. And, and I, I don't quite know how to close this, but if you're here and you say, I need to be more authentic. I need, I need to grow in Christ and have Christ grow in me. I need more faith. I need more peace. I need more grace. I need to endure tribulation with a better attitude. Just tell the Lord that right now, if you would. Just say, Lord, I need whatever it was you need. If you're like me, you need all of it. Father, I thank you for my friends and fellow believers and followers. I pray you'll help us. I... uh, I see glimpses, I see, as Paul said, through a glass darkly. I can't see very far, I can't see very clearly. But you promise there will be clarity. Help us to be prepared. Help us who lead or teach or whatever we do to be sentinels to be sentrymen to be people who are are looking and, and guarding help us Lord not to be asleep at the switch at the schoolhouse door help us not to be asleep at the door to our house Help us. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.